Uh, this week has been really cool. I, I, if you guys know, our elder Mitch Cunningham was supposed to give the message uh, today, and uh, it, he got sick this week. And he's our bro, man. He's one of the greatest guys in the whole wide world. So I can say this uh, with uh, with pride. Uh, they did do an MRI. He was having some having some trouble. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of had some dizziness and stuff like that. Uh, they did do an MRI. They did not find a brain, but they found a lot of snot. Is that right? Is that, is that what up here? So he's on antibiotics. And, uh, <laughs> and so he is. Uh, but uh, so I was planning to, to give a message, but I said, well, let me give. We ought a great teaching team. You know, it, that's what I love about our church is that it's not just one person. It's not just anybody. We're a body. Uh, so I called Kyle, who is uh, just just killed it on that one song a second ago. Uh, he's our youth pastor, and he uh, he does our uh, does uh, teaching quite a bit. And I said, "Hey, man, would you like to?" And he said, they immediately said yes." And I said, "Cool." So they got that got that rock and roll. And he said, and then he um, kind of said after that, he said, "Actually, I'm, I'm doing worship, and also we've got that major like a crazy event going on for the youth, by the way, which was I understand scared the dickens out of some of the youth. Is that right? It was awesome." <laughs> Had about somebody told me thirty to thirty-five. They had didn't really count. But, uh, youth just went out uh, to Pamsil's, uh, but they were dealing that dealing with that. He goes, man, I I would love to, uh, and so I said, no problem, I'll do it. Got a call from Ed this week. Actually, he'll clarify how that all happened here in a second. But um, but Ed said, don't worry about it, man. We got it, and that's just what I love about our church, amen. We just people step up, we do our thing, and so without further ado, my bud, my homie, Ed Garvin. Hi, my name is Ed. The way it actually went down was this. Casey calls me and said, what do you think about free speech? And I said, hey, I'm a constitutionalist. First Amendment? You betcha. He said, fine, on Sunday, you're giving a free speech. <laughs> Yay! God is good all the time, baby. All the time. Um, no, it's an honor, and we are really, really happy that Mitch... Mitch uh, and the entire Cunningham family are getting past this event. I'm going to open with prayer, a simple little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that today we hear the Word of God, that we hear and obey. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <coughs> That's the Word. We are a church that believes we are disciples that are to make disciples that are to make disciples. On Wednesday night, right here in this room, there's an introduction to discipleship group um, that meets. There's two of them at Shawnee. We have 17 discipleship D groups actually active going on. We have 35 uh, people released from discipleship group. And so that led me in to today's message. Matthew 5, 1 through 2 reads, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. First D group. First D group. Best D group. Look at that leader. I mean, we don't have it on the screen, but best D group leader ever. 
And what he taught them in the Sermon on the Mount was the first practical application of the first five books of the Bible. He taught us how to live, how to think, and how to love from 4,000 years before to then to now. Today is the last installment of our series, Spooky Spirituality, the things Jesus said that should unnerve us, scare us, make us wonder. In week one, we talked about the narrow gate and the wide road. I believe no man can walk in two directions at one time. You are either walking towards the Lord or you're walking away from him. And I concluded with Jesus, as my example, is the man. That's who we look to. In week two, Daniel taught, I never knew you. He's home in bed. It was just God and Daniel. And he taught him about the fruit and about a good tree. And he concluded with Jesus is the good fruit producer. Once again, here's our example. And he concluded with Jesus is Lord. On week three, Matt taught us about great discernment. When we're walking on those paths, when we're looking for that fruit, we have somebody we can ask. We have somebody we can go to. We have a trusted counselor. And he gave us the tools of proclamation and demonstration as we spread the gospel. And he concluded with, Jesus is enough. The final passage in this series focuses on Matthew 7, 24 through 29, the wise and foolish builders. Now, the Lord knew exactly where he was when he was teaching this class. He knew the exact terrain. And throughout all of his messages, because people are small-minded like me, he has to give us these simple little stories to take practical application of the law and his love and apply it to our daily lives. So he taught for two chapters, five, or three chapters, five, six, and seven, and he concludes with, therefore, giving you all this instruction, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. If you write your notes, the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught with one who had authority. You can write in the word authority. And not as their teachers of the law. So when I said he knew the terrain, <clears throat> the country of Judea, Palestine, is an arid, tempered zone. And so though it does have some rich, fertile lands spread along the rivers, along the lakes, along the sea, a large portion of it is rock. And in an arid-tempered area, when it rains two to three inches in a very short period of time, 
up in the hills and up in the mountains, that water, which is two inches when it starts, becomes ten feet by the time it hits the valleys and by the time it hits uh, the ravines or what the Arabs call wadis. They're dry creeks and riverbeds. And if you've built your house in the wadi, you're in the sand. And I have personally seen water two to three inches fall over a very short period of time, move a 70-ton tank that was in the sand. So what is the rock? 1,700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah wrote, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. He who believes in it will not be disturbed. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. He was at the beginning, he'll be at the end, and everywhere in between. He is the rock. He is the word. And upon that, we are to stand. Three weeks ago, I came up, I gave the message. It was a wonderful two weeks. I lost a job. I was trying to transition to a new job. I was spending a good three or four hours a day in the word because I knew I had to give the message two weeks after that. And it was peaceful, and it was loving, and it was good. I was still in a storm. I didn't have a job. So that part was a little scary. But I had this tremendous amount of comfort because I was on the rock. And then on Sunday, I left, and I went home. And I said, okay, work starts on Monday. And I got off the rock, and I stood in the storm. I had spent hours on the rock, and everything was comfortable. Everything was undisturbed. But I got into the sand, and the very first thing that happened on Monday morning is my phone died. And I need my phone. Everybody needs a phone. So I called a guy, and I said, can you repair it? He said, yeah, bring it in. So I took it in. He said, it's going to cost you a couple of hundred dollars. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'll just buy a new phone. So I called where I bought the phone before, and they said, yeah, you can come pick one up at 5 o'clock. And day one went by, and I still didn't have the phone nor was I on the rock. And day two came, and I got up and I got back into the sand, and the phone hadn't been fixed yet, and I had to do some online training, so I got on the computer and I couldn't stay connected continuously with the Wi-Fi. So my agitation level began to rise, yet I did not get back on the rock. I'm a man, I can solve this. I know the four things I need to do. I didn't look for discernment. I wasn't hunting good fruit. I just got to get my phone fixed and the Wi-Fi running. And day two came to a close. So by day three, I'd gotten a new phone. The Wi-Fi was working. And I went out to see people <coughs> who asked me to come see them, and then they did not invite me in. And I thought, this is kind of strange. I told you, 10.30 on Wednesday... Yeah, 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 I, I can't see anyone. So I could have jumped back on the rock and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Heck, I ran into Pete, and he said, are you praying about this? I mean, I was surrounded by the word, and yet I wasn't standing on the rock. And so two weeks went by, 
pretty much like that. And then Mitch got sick. And then I talked to Casey. And then on Friday night, Bernie got up from the couch and looked at me and said, how's your week been? I said, not that good. And she simply said, you are not in the Word. And she went to bed. And so immediately I went, okay, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I didn't do anything about it, but I got it. I understand. I'm not going to do anything about this because now, and then about an hour went by, and I went, she's exactly right. She's exactly right. And I spent the next three hours just in the Word. I went to bed. I went to sleep. I slept wonderfully. I got up. I'm still in the storm, still not working, still have all that going on. But I felt at peace. I was undisturbed. See, off the word, I am just swimming in the sand. But I am blessed that I live with another believer and have believers all around me here. And so I got back in the word. <clears throat> and when I prepared for today's service, I was going to talk about foundation, like foundation of a house. Because we have an old house and it has cracks in the wall and I went to bed that night saying, I'm going to send Casey this, and I'm going to talk about how your house gets cracks in it and about a foundation. And I went to sleep, and I woke up, and the message was completely different. See, at the end of Matthew, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. I've picked up the authority from the Sermon on the Mount. In heaven and on earth has been given to me, him, I was worried about what I was going to do still. Even though I was in the Word and I was comforted, I was still worried about what, was going, what Ed was going to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always till the end of the age. I'm one that's taught. I was in a discipleship group. We had discipleship groups in our house. This church is full of disciples. I'm one of the taught people. How could I let these two weeks go by? It's easy. I got off the rock. It's a really simple plan. I just need to hear and obey. Hear and obey. I need to stand on the rock at all times. Deliberately, continuously, intentionally. So Saturday morning I got up and I said, I got to get ready for Sunday. Saturday went through and I sent Sherry some slides and then I changed the slides and this morning I changed the slides again. Because I have the word. I know who the rock is. For those two weeks of time which I will never get back, shame on me. Not pity on me, shame on me. It says in Hebrews, I have yet to shed a drop of my own blood for my sin. I have, but I know who did. The focus isn't on what I was taught or what I am teaching. The focus is on Jesus. The focus has to be on the rock. He wants to walk with me. He wants to be with me. 1,700 years ago, this is Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, 1,700 years ago he's talking to the prophet Isaiah 
Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty, no majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Truly, he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus was beaten so bad his mama couldn't recognize him. He hung on a cross for six hours. He absorbed every sin, every regret, every fault, every doubt I have ever thought. I have ever committed, I have ever done. The message is about the rock, and he is the rock. He is the word. He is first and foremost. And every break I've ever needed in life, I got at Calvary. Thank you.